It'll be 10 years ago this July that a triumphant Prime Minister, Tony Abbott, declared the idea of a carbon tax dead. You voted to scrap the tax in September last year, a useless, destructive tax uh, which damaged jobs, which hurt families' cost of living and which didn't actually help the environment, is finally gone. This was, of course, the highly contentious emissions trading scheme brought in by the Rudd-Gillard governments. Well, if you thought that scheme was dead, buried and cremated, to quote Mr Abbott, think again. Today, two of Australia's most eminent uh, economists are proposing that a new form of carbon tax could generate $100 billion a year, lower the cost of living and supercharge Australia's efforts to reduce global emissions. Ross Garneau is an emeritus professor of economics. He's also the deputy chair of a new think tank, the Superpower Institute. Welcome to you. Hello, Andy. What is making the case for Australia to become a leader in the world of net zero emissions? What is the benefit for Australia? Because it seems to me like a, a very big plan that Australia could be a leader in the world's green energy economy. Yes, it is. But just uh, before I get into that, just to respond to uh, what the former Prime Minister said 10 years ago, it is not true that uh, the emissions trading scheme in those days uh, didn't reduce emissions. It did. It's not true that it lowered standards of living. It uh, it actually, uh, the, the emissions uh, uh, levy was used to uh, reduce taxes and uh, for middle and low income Australians, it made them better off. Uh, and it uh, strengthened the economy, didn't weaken it. That, that was a that was a good time. That was at the before the ten years of stagnation of wages that we've had in the last ten years since they got rid of it. That's the that's the real economic history. But uh, uh, circumstances have changed since then. So uh, Rod Sims uh, and I, the Superpower Institute, uh, aren't recommending going back to that. We're recommending something different, not a carbon tax, not an emissions trading scheme, but a uh, carbon solutions levy. Uh, and uh, uh, it will be used to uh, uh, lower the, sta- the cost of living. Uh, and uh, uh, we, we, all, we could all do with that uh, at the moment. Uh, and uh, to support the, the growth of new industries from which Australian secure high-income jobs can expand in the zero-carbon economy. The biggest thing that's changed in the last 10 years is we've become clear that Australia has huge advantages when the whole world goes to zero emissions, which it's going. Other countries don't have the the wind, the quality of the wind, the solar resources, the, the spaces to grow biomass to replace uh, uh, coal and oil in chemical manufacturers. We can do those things much more cheaply. That can make us competitive in doing a lot of things that the countries of uh, Europe and uh, uh, Japan, Korea, China can't do themselves. These will be new export industries. They can become much bigger than the old coal and gas industries uh, that they replace. Uh, they can support uh, full employment with uh, rising incomes for a growing Australian population for a long time into the future. So I feel like this acronym CSL or a carbon solutions levy will get bandied around a lot until the next election. I suppose that's kind of what your hope is. What is a CSL? How does it work? Uh, It would be a a levy based on the carbon content uh, of uh, uh, gas or coal or oil production in Australia. It would be uh, at the point of production. It would also be applied on uh, imports of uh, oil into Australia. 
uh, and uh, it will be applied at the the same price as the European uh, uh, carbon price, uh, and uh, uh, the the government would uh, collect that revenue, uh, would use some of it to uh, support the new industries uh, that can expand in the new circumstances. We would find that if we put that on, we would get free entry for our goods into Europe when our competitors will have to have a carbon uh, pay a carbon border tax, uh, so that will improve our competitiveness uh, in Europe. There'll be a lot of revenue left over to do other things we desperately need to do, like fund tax reform. Uh, so uh, its role is to uh, support the emergence of the new industries, uh, to give them access to international markets for zero carbon goods, uh, with money left over to do other important things we need. You'd have to agree that a scheme of this kind would uh, eventually or in the process increase energy prices for consumers who are already struggling under the high cost of living. I mean, and opponents of this scheme will, will argue that. So how do you meet that argument? But it won't. Uh, and we've, uh, we put out some of the details today. Uh, one of the things that will be funded would be uh, improvements of transmission and distribution arrangements, which are a very large part of the cost of power to consumers. They're not provided cost-effectively now. We can provide them much, much more cost-effectively. That will cost money. That will bring down prices to consumers. But one of the uses of this money would be to make sure that uh, our power prices come down. Uh, we would abolish the uh, excise duty on uh, uh, on petroleum and uh, including uh, diesel and petrol, uh, and um, uh, uh, the, the reduction in in those prices would be greater than the cost of the uh, the, the levy itself. So uh, we've worked it out. Uh, the the cost to consumers would actually fall. It's 13 past five. Ross Garneau is an emeritus professor of economics and the deputy chair of a new think tank, the Superpower Institute. Uh, we're discussing his and Rod Sims' uh, call for a new form of carbon tax, a carbon uh, solutions levy or CSL. I was curious, uh, watching the press club today where you and Rod spoke, I got the feeling, a distinct feeling, certainly from Rod Sims, that he was lacing up his gloves like a boxer for a fight. You know, you you both acknowledged today that the there were constraints in the climate wars which saw the Rudd-Gillard era emissions trading scheme scrapped um, and would also make the carbon solutions levy impossible to, to implement. If you if you do believe that, then why is now the time? Why are you proposing it now? Well, we, we say it's difficult and uh, it looks impossible when you look at the crude politics and you look at the, uh, the way the national interest, the public interest doesn't seem to get much of a look in in Australian public policy discussion and vested interests are very powerful in Australian public policy discussion at the moment and... Uh, we can expect the coal and gas uh, interest to be very strong uh, uh, on this. And do you expect uh, but, uh, a wait, powerful we, campaign? Uh, be, obviously, the, these companies are extremely powerful. No doubt they'll run campaigns to oppose yeah. this if it's brought to Parliament. Uh, so and, in, in reality, do you think that their opposition can be overcome then? Yes. Uh, what, what can overcome it is, uh, the, is knowledge, uh, is understanding in our democracy uh, that uh, uh, what we are proposing is in the public interest. Uh, we've still got a real uh, democracy. We're not Putin's Russia. 
uh, we're, uh, we've got a, a, a political system where if uh, a majority of the community thinks something is in the public interest, then no matter how powerful the public, the, uh, the pressures from vested interests, uh, it's got a chance. Now the community has to understand uh, it's in their interest and generally agree on it. And what the Superpower Institute uh, that Rod and I have, uh, have been setting up will do is uh, uh, put out, uh, we'll undertake research, we'll publish that research, promote public discussion. And if the community as a whole uh, doesn't take this up and see it as being in the national interest, that's the end of the matter. But we think there are many attractions for 27 million Australians. Uh, if uh, that is the case, if it's understood, uh, then we'll find that uh, it's much easier for uh, uh, our political leaders to follow uh, than it is uh, for them to follow the, the calls of the vested interest against the public interest. Well, as one of my listeners, Ben, in Blackburn texts, he says, I'm so pleased that Professor Garneau remains part of the public dialogue. I am too. Ross Garneau is an emeritus professor of economics and the deputy chair of this new think tank, the Super Power Institute. I do appreciate your time this afternoon. Good to talk to you, Andy. Getting in touch with ABC RN is easy. Join the conversation live using the ABC Listen app's call and text features.